The Buyback Podcast takes place in a bar. If you aren't old enough to be in the bar, you're probably not old enough to be listening to the content in this podcast. For the rest of you degenerates, pour yourself a drink, sit back, and let's get this party started. The Buyback. Yeah, baby! Oh, man. How are you? I'm Alex. And I'm John. No, you're not. <laughs> um... Welcome to the buyback. Pretty cool news today. Um, Wait, who are we going to learn the industry from? Oh, we're going to learn the industry. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the buyback. We're going to learn the industry from the best. Of the best. Of the best. Um, cool news today. Alex, I got to tell you something. I don't know if you see it yet. We got this shiny new microphone in front of us. Oh, I know. Yes. This will be the first episode of the buyback with proper sound equipment. So, if you didn't like the way the sound quality was, this is for you. If you don't like the sound quality as it is now, tough shit. That is, I mean, that being said, we still are recording live. Uh, the bars are still going to be active. And if that's not for you, as Alex says, tough cookies, bookie. What? <laughs> Today we're at the Mad Donkey visiting our friend Patty. All right, so the first question is always, what's your biggest customer pet peeve? Biggest customer pet peeve, pet peeve would be, um, I don't know if there's one. Uh, snapping is always a thing. Everyone always likes snapping, right? Uh, like, call your name like 400 fucking times would be one of them. Uh, yeah. But there's one that will make me want to jump over the bar always is if you throw something at me. Oh. Like if you roll up your napkin and you throw it at me. Like, hey, Wait. you fucking jerk or whatever. It's like, all of a sudden, you've now made me look like a fucking I like a jester or something like yeah. that. Like, it's okay to throw something at me. And I yep. kind of take some of this stuff from my mom. My father is a career bartender. His father, his his grandfather owned a bar in Chicago. Um, and so I took some rules from it. From it. Yeah. And she said, like, these are the things you can't do. Again, nobody wants to be snapped at. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to be whatever. But right. if you say my name 40 fucking times. Yeah. Just right the fuck yeah. Well, that's fine. No, Patty, 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 Patty. Like, I do. Fu- guys, you're <laughs> facing me. I can hear you. It's okay. But I would say my answer would be, you throw something at me, you're fucking wrong. Like, oh, yeah. attention because I'm talking to somebody or something else. Uh-huh. If you throw something at me, you're most likely being tossed. Is How that, often does that yeah, happen? Yeah, because I've never. This is the first time I've ever heard of this. We've on, talked to a couple people yeah. now. And, and well, I. Well, like you said, like yeah. you work in a. You work in like the most like neighborhood. Yeah. Community. This yeah. is the one. True, they're they're so buddy buddy with you. Them. They think it's funny. Oh, so okay. Roll up a napkin and like chuck it at your date. Out. Get the fuck out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Of course you want to get. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't think I've ever worked in a neighborhood bar where that like I don't. That wouldn't happen at the pig or. The it would. It happened at the pig. I I think. I used to work at a bar called the Blind Pig. Yep. Yeah. On 14th Street, and it was. Uh, it was neighborhoody for a time. It, it went through phases, but I don't think anyone ever like. I would have people like throw things not at me, yeah. but just to very, be like a dick. Yeah. That's the worst, dude. Yeah. I went to a bar. I, yeah, I was in Jersey once, and someone took all the napkins and threw them in the air, and I didn't yeah. realize that was a thing. Very big thing. Why is that what a big thing? Wait, what is it? It's a club really thing. big club thing. So like bartenders used to do it. They grab a whole stack of napkins and chuck it, um, especially if there's like two stories in the bar. Yep. They throw them. It's like confetti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number one cost because there's no return on it. 
Yeah. No return on right. Ads. Glasses are free because they come from distributors. Yeah. Booze, we make money on. Booze, yeah. Yeah. Food, we make Coasters money. probably come through distributors Coasters as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't yeah. give a shit. Yeah, yeah. 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 Napkins. Alright, so when I was younger, working at a bar, hey kid. Biggest pet peeve when I was younger. Hey when's, kid. Yeah. Hey kid. No matter how and old the person was? No matter how old I was, or whatever. It, did, it, yeah, it exactly. didn't matter, yeah. Sure. And, yeah. Um, and at the time, I mean, looking at me now, you're not going to believe it, but I used to dance professionally and I used to model. When I was, when I was 20 years old, I first met guys. Nice. I used to work, eight hour, work out eight hours a day. Uh huh. And so, like, of course, I'm gonna work in like a high-end place, yeah. Because like, they would hire people based on your headshot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. I, I had a talent agent that got me bartending gigs. Yeah, no joke. It's crazy like, for dance with the model. And she's like, no, no, no. But this club is opening, yeah. and they want you know another person. Yeah, yeah. Well, Patty pours that drink. Yeah, yeah uh, one of the things that we've I'll, I'll move back to <laughs> that in bars that I've worked at, it's wild because. I will have someone come in or someone emails and they're like send a headshot which is yeah. totally not I remember, allowed no but I remember the when I moved to New York City and we first got our apartment together I sent out resumes and you looked at it and you're like you gotta put a headshot on it and, and I had to put a headshot on the top of my resume and then I got to work in any bar like I got yep. calls and stuff as soon as I did that I got calls that like it's I'm crazy I'm surprised well, that they called now, you after putting a headshot nowadays, it's messed nowadays up nowadays it's like working in those fucking stupid shitty fucking clubs yep. you'd have the guys show up with their black ass right yeah hey kid hey kid and they knock it on the phone oh, okay yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay yeah. yeah credit card hey kid no. you're like hey I don't, kid I don't care what Jeez. you are I'm the cool yeah. boy yeah uh, okay so Hi, Eddie Kay. Hi, big girl. Don't, don't chew on that. <laughs> you don't know if his butt's been there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that. Like, so, okay. The whole napkin thing is still baffling to me because I've never worked in a place that has ever toss had, had some tossed napkins before. I can, like. We don't go to clubs, but also. Yeah, we don't go to clubs. clubs. But if somebody did that here, I'd be. Live it, well, right? His partner just used to do it because he worked in the Hamptons all the time. So the Hamptons be like, "Fuck, who gives a shit?" And they have their own like small bars. Yeah. So like, you'd be one bartender and a bar back with you. Okay. So you've got a bar that's like, imagine if it's this size, yeah. wrapped all around. There's just one little entrance, and you have got walls on both sides with beer taps over here. And what you'd be doing the whole time is like, as things going on, you just take a handful of napkins and chuck it as high as you can. There's so much air going around. It's kind of yep. You know, with a strobe or some other. Thing it looks cool. Is that? So he get hammered and be like, hey, fuck this. let's wreck this place. And he throw it up. <laughs> let's wreck our own place. <laughs> The fan, the fan, like, wow. Oh my god. All right. You know, okay. To them, it's just like, oh, there's this thing that, like, is confetti that yeah. I can make, you know, go around. That's wild. Um, I learned something today. That's a New York thing. Is it? Not, I mean, okay, I don't know it to be anywhere else than here. It's Jersey. I've saw. seen it in Jersey. Sure. So I would it's Jersey, Jersey is the Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. This is every podcast Jersey comes up. Bridges so. Tunnel kind of thing. Yeah. 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 We, we, apparently, we shit on Jersey too much and somebody said that we should go to Jersey and interview a Jersey bartender because we're too mean to Jersey, apparently. Okay, well, they're broke down New York <laughs> And if you want to talk about driving, we will only talk about New Jersey. Anytime I see a yellow license plate, I'm like, dip. Total dip. Every time I'm like, this guy must be, yep, I'm right. I'm definitely right. You know? Like, that was a bad move. The move is slow. Like, probably this kind of person. Yeah. Being a total dick. Jersey. Yeah. 
New Jersey. Doesn't matter driving. what kind of car. Like no one ever lets a BMW, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, fuck this guy's got more money than me. Yeah. But if it's a New Jersey license plate, like I will get out of this fucking car. <laughs> like hold up traffic. Just spit on your fucking Listeners, just so you know, Patty is brandishing a fork. <laughs> while he's aggressively <laughs> while talking about Jersey. <laughs> So again, apparently we're not going to get love for Jersey in this episode, which is okay by us. Sorry. <laughs> you know, uh, I have no problem with Jersey bartenders uh, at all. I've been to Jersey, but great friends. In fact, I feel like they're just as savage as like the boroughs are. Yeah. Yeah. Jer- Jersey is a borough, especially like yeah. Jersey yeah. City, Hoboken. Yeah. Hoboken yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, yeah. Fire away. What's the next one? Next question is, how did you get into bartending? Uh, where did you start? Where did you wind up? Where are we? Tell us a little bit about the bar that we got to, too. Okay. So, as a kid, um, my father, Barton, um, his grandfather owned a bar in Chicago, so he was always in the business. Um, my mom's father, so my grandfather, my mom's side, Greek guy, he owned three bars in Boston. And my dad's side is in Chicago. So the Boston side, uh, my grandfather was a pretty bad alcoholic. So my mom was not really into the booze. Didn't want us to work in bars. Yeah. But, you know, it wound up happening. My father would be like, hey, too. I was going on the kid. My dad's like, hey, come with me to the bar. I'm going to go pick up my tips. Now, as a bartender, I'm like, you don't pick up your tips the next day. Like, you have to. You know, like, yeah. you walk out with Oh, yeah, yeah. So it would always be, like, his time to go in and, like, don't tell your mother. I got Shirley Temple. But also, like, those places I started bar back when I was a kid. A place called The Old Times. Clinton Mass that I worked at when I was a kid. Um, off and on. Again, had to, like, hide it from my mom but I would bar back there. It's where the money uh, is. Sure. I mean, you make money, you make it quick, you walk with it. Absolutely. Uh, I always wanted to, in the restaurant business, I always wanted to be a chef. I was like, that was my thing. By 17, I made my first uh, sous chef position uh, in a seafood restaurant in Massachusetts. And then I realized, like, getting all my friends waiting jobs and bartending jobs, but, like, I was making $10 an hour, which at that time in the 90s was a fat yeah. fucking because yeah. yeah. 5.25 was the minimum wage so I was like <laughs> and then my friends during Lent season because it's you know everyone's time to go eat fish because they think that that's a better thing or whatever yeah. um, they were like oh man I'm so many 20s I didn't have the laundry so I get all these bills out of my pocket I'm like you asshole like, we're in high school like, what like you just made a hundred dollars right now she's like no I made three hundred dollars I was like what what like, do you have the personality I do like watch this shit and so then I quote unquote sold out and went back to front of the house, yeah. back to bartending, back to talking shit and yeah. slinging drinks and doing that kind of that stuff. That was in, in Boston? Massachusetts. So I'm from Central Mass. I'm from North Central Mass. Which is like, I'm from like a farm town in the middle of nowhere. But as far as my history coming to New York, like I said uh, earlier, so when I first moved out here, I got a misologist license to try to figure my, out, my way out into the city and be like, I'm going to make a shit ton of money as a young, attractive kid doing this stuff. And I realized I fucking hate bugs. In fact, oh, yeah. I was working in a club down in Midtown, and there was three bartenders on, you know, beautiful marble, uh, like slate bar. Um, this one guy was kind of training me there. I worked there for a month, which means I probably worked eight shifts because um, I was not, I was a new kid, whatever. But my last shift there was this guy's last shift there, too. Um, he, same thing. Like, you hear that black gamut's getting snapped on the fucking yeah. bar. And he said, do me a favor. I'm going to give you a sign, and I want you to go to the end of the bar 
and pretend like you're getting something off the ground and like kind of like box out whoever's gonna come in. And I was like, people will come behind the bar. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, just fucking do it. And I was like, you got it. No problem. I can, I can play pretend. This guy again with the fucking black Amex throws it at him. He grabbed. He said to the guy, he's like, come here, come here. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you a secret. And the guy leaned in and he grabbed the guy over the bar and he started beating the Wailing shit on, on this him. guy. And so he looked at me and he's like, did the sign. I was like, now I, <laughs> I got went it. to the end of the bar, boxed out the bouncer. Yeah. So he could beat the shit out of him. So he could beat the shit out of him. He got arrested. I quit. Yeah. Well, fuck Jesus. off. I worked in a gay bar after that called Excess on 24th and 7th. Um, I was always getting these like, modeling jobs and that kind of stuff. And I worked, I became a promotions manager for David Barton's gym. Uh, the model was look better naked. So like I'd like lift my shirt up and be like, yeah, well, I got abs to look at. Traded that in for a kid, I'll tell you. Um, we're probably we're happier gonna, now, we're right? We're actually going to ask you for some photos. Yeah, so we can post them you on can you can take the so the, the photo. Yeah. If you want to do a before and after, whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> we're the gay bar in Chelsea because I knew that like the money's there. Know, oh yeah, sure. It's just like having the hot bar, bar you know, bartender like the girl that no guy can get. It's like I was the guy no guy. You guy can get. get yes. Yeah. My nickname there was very very straight pattern. Because it was like, he's straight. Like, no, no, he's very, very straight. Very. Like, right, but is he? He's very, very straight. Oh, Shit. <laughs> Which is fine. Like, I, I, yeah. listen, I totally get it. And, and I grew up in a dance studio, and I grew up with a lot of people who were, you know, interested in guys, whatever. Yeah. Um, I get it because just as, like, after girls as I can be, guys are just that way to each other. And I kind of love it. It's like sport fucking. <laughs> Everybody fucks multiple times a night. It's like, if this were the other way, where like there was no like, you know, like weird social shit, people like, don't call me whore, I'm not this, I'm not the fuck off. Just fuck. Just have fun. These guys lived their dream right in front of me. And I was so jealous the whole time. Because just like, just like the guy looking at a girl was like, oh, gross. I was like, yeah, me too. Like, you're gross, because you're a guy. But like, you couldn't get with this one girl. Worked at that bar for a little while. After that, back into like restaurant management, general management for a long time. I used to work in corporate management as well. And then I was living upstairs when this bar was built. And oh. I helped them like bring lumber in, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. 11 years ago, about 12 years ago is when we were building it. And um, uh, like eventually when they opened, the owner, or the majority owner of this place, he owned strip clubs. So he brought a bunch of like hookers in here to work. But they had no idea how like, to work yeah. a tap because yeah. I don't know if you've ever been in a strip club, but you're not getting a good Never, you're never pro- Probably not pouring, so not probably yeah, pouring beers, right? On the record, not. <laughs> never not been. John's yeah. never been to a strip club. Mom, I've never <laughs> been. That makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, Mom is probably like, our one listener. Mom, I've never been. <laughs> I'll tell you this. So, like, you ever see, like, a tap at a strip club? Doesn't make any sense. But that person does not pour a fucking beer. You need a Bud Light that's, like, eight ounces of foam. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, bottles at, bottles at strip clubs only. Coronas. That's it. Buckets of Corona at strip clubs. Sure. Or the cocktail. It's like yeah. it's on like a it's on like a some kind of digital pourer that makes sure that they can't over pour. Mm-hmm. Oh, like the weird really? little ball thing that cuts it off, right? No, 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 no. no. The ball thing actually has been proven to make people over pour because it, it's so many malfunctions. So oh, you, so they, you don't get it. Like, so if you like pour into a shot glass and it doesn't fill it up, you're like, fuck, it's super ball. And you do it again and then you get the whole ounce or ounce and a half. Uh-huh. So now you over pour. So a lot of places got rid of them because they're bullshit yeah. but the digital porters there's like little like actual they've, they've connected like we like saw this in England you know what I mean um, um, I have a follow up question to something we said earlier okay talk to me 
you mentioned that you have your mixologist license, you have your bartender license from Mass, right? Mm -hmm. Have you ever noticed, so for me, I worked at a bar for eight years before it closed, RIP Blended, but when people would come in with their bartending license, the, Never getting the hired. managers would laugh them out of the bar. Never getting hired. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, Never. so bartending so licenses I had to are learn, not realistic. Not in your I, had to, I had to learn to not tell anyone I had a bartending right. license yeah. because all you learn in a bar, like, so when you get a bartending license, to me that says. It says good things. It says, no, it says you don't have any experience, so you did this, now you think you're equipped. Like, yeah. you're not. Because yeah. bartending is not, yep. how do I make this yeah. cocktail? It's not at all how to make this cocktail because you can learn recipes, you can forget recipes. That's not a bartender. A bartender is somebody who can handle what's going on around them. How fast are you on this? Because if you can't do this, you're an idiot. Like you can't do anything at all. But POS system. Sorry, sorry. POS stands for point of sales. Exactly. Which is still confusing. Like point of sales so is the thing you see right. bartenders and sure. your And there's a million of them. Exactly. So like right. your cash register, if you can't work the cash register just as fast as you can get a drink out well, kind of thing. It's, P oh. it's, it's, it's crowd control. It's, yeah. it's well, keeping well, people happy. Well, what I was going to say, bartending is more of a trade. It's math, right? too. I mean, you got to be good at math. Well, the only math I'm good at is money. I know how to do quick change. Okay. If you yeah, give me an algebra equation, I'll see you in a month. So, yeah, you can do... <laughs> You can do, you can, you can do basic. Um, yeah. So, okay. So I can add and subtract. Good. I added subtract. Good. I think this is good though. Like, right? It's you don't get a degree in bartending. Bartending's a trade. You learn it from someone. You learn from doing it. You don't. Yeah. Like, everyone we've talked to. I mean, it's 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 not about oh, I have a bartending license because I've never met anyone with a bartending license who uses that to get a job. Right. It's they meet you. They like your personality. They teach you how to bartend at that bar. It's all personality. It's all. But it's and also maybe looks. It's personality. Yeah, but it's a, it's learning the bar. Yeah. I've worked at different bars and I've had to be different people. Yeah. You know, like when we worked at Trading Post. Different than working. Very at different from when you probably worked at Art Tavern. Or Paul Winners, right? Like so, working at a beer garden versus working at a Irish pub is very different as yeah. well. Yeah. So, perfectly clear. Bartending license is a red flag, which means you don't know shit. It's almost like this. Guy comes out of college. Like, I studied this thing. Cool. Have you ever done that thing? So no matter what they do, while their life, their degree is probably going to help them better than my, you know, than the jobs I will get, still, no one's going to respect them until they have actual experience. Right. But you said that in, in Massachusetts, it's an uh, uh, insurance thing, right? Like yep. that you had the license. They'll say, hey, your bartender, cool, wherever you work, blah, blah, blah. Oh, shit, do you have a license? So they do care in they Massachusetts. But in New York City, they don't. They're never going to say, oh, you have a license, here's a job. You know what they, they say about more in New York? Food handler's license. That, that's a big one, right? Yeah, so if you if you want a job at a bar, don't get your bartending license. Get your food handler's license. It makes you so hireable because if a manager comes in at three o'clock, they need someone with a food handler's license. If if uh, if a health inspector comes in, someone in the bar needs to have a food handler's license. Another thing that I learned about working at that douchebag bar in the fucking douchebag club in the city was uh, the guys with the black Amex. They come in, often they just scribble their name and they walk out. So yep. this guy that trained me, he'd be like. Put a hundred dollars in there. Yeah. Put a hundred dollars in it. He goes, I go, dude, what? He goes, do you think that that guy who probably makes two hundred dollars an hour is going to go to court to fight that one hundred dollar tab? 
you know. Actually, every time. That leads me into a question that kind of a little fog. So we are at the Bad Donkey, uh, apparently the home of Chalamardu, yep. which I didn't know. I walked in yeah. and saw that day. Can you tell us a little bit about this bar specifically? It's open. That's a it's a loaded question. Um, so talking about Tullamardu, so we were for at least eight or nine years the number one selling Tullamardu bar in the country. Um, I don't think we sold more than anyone else, but we bought more than anyone else for sure. Because we do a lot of buybacks, we do a lot of you know we, we give out a lot of booze here um, because we're not a bar, we're a pub, really. I mean, we say we're a bar, but really a pub is really defined on like how you what you become to the neighborhood. Public house. Public house, meaning that you're a neighborhood spot. Like, like you should be able to come get a job here. You know, you lost your keys. I got you. We'll take care of you. Whatever. Hey, I just lost my wallet. I'll take care of you. Like, do me a favor. Just come back and pay it. If you can't, if you don't, well, fuck you. Like, you fucked up. Whatever. <laughs> but the Mad Donkey, to me, the reason why I wanted to work here and get away from corporate was because this is what I consider, like, the real bar. The place where people could trust each other. It's like the cheers of the neighborhood kind of thing. Yeah, nice. And it wasn't about just getting drunk, which we get really fucking hammered. And I'll tell you what, I just brought this up last night. I said, like, I don't tote this around, but this is the biggest drinker bar absolutely in Queens. Nobody drinks heavier than we do in this bar. Absolutely fucking not. Not even fucking close. Yeah. Um, but we don't tote that around because we don't really give a shit. Like, who really wants to know that? Whatever. But it's also a place where people are like, oh, I'm doing Whole30, I'm doing Keto. They'll still come in and drink seltzer water because they will still want to be part of the family. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Which is what I always, I grew up to know. That's why I like bars, and that's why my, my mom doesn't understand that because she's never been a bar person. But that, to me, is what I want out of the bar. I want a place you can go to every single day. And you don't have to get drunk every day. I mean, you could. A lot of people do. But that's not what this place is. This place is a lot more. I mean, to this family, it's completely different than it is to the guy who comes in every day after his shift and just, like, tries to forget. Um, there's a family here that, we're, that I'm referencing that, that's... Um, the only family with kids that we allow in here because from day one since those kids were born they've always come in here yeah. and uh, they're family to us and to anybody that comes in we say no kids we say oh hey they own the place you know we just yeah. like throw that out yeah. Yeah. but um, we are more of a family you know like I always say this is a family bar, not make a family bar. Like, you don't come here to fucking meet girls, you know? This is not really, like, you're not really getting laid in the bathroom here. Yeah. Uh, what you're doing is, like, you're getting drunk, and you're, like, high-fiving people, yeah. and, like, don't touch people. Yeah. A couple of times we were deemed as, like, a safe place for, like, meetup.com, and I thought that was, like, very cool. Yeah. That we were, like, a, you're not going to be abused, you're not going to be, like, you know, girls Six are not, yeah. 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 So just, you can come in, and you can do whatever, uh, get drunk, you come in by yourself, and that's the best part. A lot of people don't feel like they have to come in here with another person to be like, what if it's not okay, you know? Yeah. One of the things that I learned in the last few years is what pub stood for, um, which stands for public house. And it's not it's not necessarily just a bar. You get food a lot of the time. A long time ago, you get a room. It was where you like, it's, I just have a dream one day of throwing a satchel of coins down on a bar and going, I'd like a warm bed, a horse, I don't think that's and a room. Because that's what a pub is. I yeah, mean, in a couple of years, yeah. and like, it means you're slow well, or whatever. Well, like, if we, but let's take it to modern times. You walk into a pub. I had a really rough go of it. I need a room. Go of it? Who the fuck are you? I don't need a rough go of it. <laughs> like, I'm saying, like, if I know, it was we're just in weird a vernacular. 
Because well, you were just talking about throwing satchels and coins on the table, John. Fuck for me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve in the morning. Anyways, I think that was shots. a really nice sentiment, though, right? Like this bar is a place you go to make friends and have a family and be safe. It's not a bar you go to to like it's a throw it's your a BMX card and I like that. And yeah, I love it. We love stories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I'm good shit. So. Yeah, like, like, you said full shit? Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean full shit? I'm like, you think I'm lying? He's like, no, 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 no. It's just what you're saying is shit. It's <laughs> like, you're an asshole. <laughs> full of shit. Um, I say Irish people are good storytellers. I'm not Irish, but I've got the blood. Um, let's think. I mean, absolutely um, most memorable has been this bar for me. This is, <clears throat> I've had jobs. All the jobs that I've had, I think, other than this job, have paid me more. All of them. I've lived here for 11 years. I've been in New York for 18 years. I worked in corporate management. I've GM businesses. I've worked in the music industry. Um, every other place has paid me more. I love this place. I've always thought, how do I keep this place going? Because not enough people know what this kind of bar can be. You know, like it's not, like I was saying earlier, it's not just a bar. It's not Applebee's, it's not whatever. There's a community here. and. I think that most people miss out on that kind of thing, um, and not everyone embraces it, and that can suck too, you know, that like, um, you come in, you have a drink, you leave, you know, like, ooh, this place, I looked at it, I whatever, but when you see the family that's in here, we always call our regulars family, we don't call them regulars, they're family, we do anything for each other, when there's something going on, you know, not everyone wants to like, bring everybody from that part of the family, but different things happen outside of this bar a lot, really a lot. And you know, we've lost certain family members that you have up there on the wall. We have a couple pictures on the wall of our family members. And you're asking me earlier, like, why do I put my finger in my whiskey and dip it out? It's yeah, because our one of our absolute favorite um, family members passed away, and he always did that for his friend that he that died in, in the military. And so we always he couldn't ever like enjoy anything without like remembering it. Put a little bit out for him. Okay. Oh, it's he always did. Up. He always did like really kind of, kind of like on the slide. Like he wasn't trying to make a show of it. Like, hey, to my friend Manny. Like, no, he just did it because, because it was personal to yeah, him. Yeah. So now we all as regulars, always, if we ever like something, we dip our finger in and put it out. Beer, whatever it is, always. Okay. A little bit of food, whatever. Um, not to bring it somber, but like, it's those kind of things that like bring this bar together for me. I couldn't really put my finger on the best moment in here, but because I've had so many. The times where like I see people <clears throat> anniversary parties when somebody gets called customer of the year. I mean, Melanie, right over here, she's customer of the year. She's the longest running customer of the year because from 2019, customer of the year. Um, and everyone knows that she's going to be here, and we expect you know the fam will be here. Uh, Ian and Macy are known as mom and dad because they're mom and dad. <laughs> These are their kids, but they're our mom and dad. Yeah. Um, we have that family aspect, and <clears throat> I feel like we're really lucky, you know, when we get to look at the face of people who win that customer of the year. I've, I've watched, like, grown men cry <laughs> when they got customer of the year here. Yeah. It meant so much to them, because it's not that I drink the most, that I spend the most money. Those aren't the reasons why people become, it's the influence that they've had. Honest. We never doubled down on one customer here while well, we could have, for sure. And we have these gold plaques here on the, on the oh, wall yeah. that, that 
you know, to show who they are. And it used to be like one person, and then it took, then it was like day and night time. Um, or just two in the year. Yeah. That when, kind of thing. When is customer of the year announced? Is it like a special day of the year? or? So every year up until last year and this year, it's been May 20th. May 21st. What a good what that, a good That was the day we opened. So that's our anniversary okay, party. So, that's so we'd have an anniversary party and oh, we'd do perfect. that. Um, Grossest thing that you've ever experienced at a bar is? I would say... I've watched a lot of people throw up on the bar. I've watched people throw up on themselves. Um, like fall asleep, hey man, wake up, and they just puke like into their lap. Yeah. That's pretty fucking gross. Um, what can I say, grossest thing I've ever heard? I mean, someone will come to you at the bar and say, hey, uh, I think you need to go check out bathroom number two. Like, what's going on? And it's like somebody had explosive diarrhea and they just like, Pull their pants down, grab their ankles, and like, like cannoned it out their fucking ass all over the place. And not as if they were drunk or whatever. I've had people do that, come in, use the bathroom, and leave. Like, yeah. not even a customer. Yeah. Um, Literally shit all over the place. Do you have a bar back, or is it just you? We do on certain nights. I always feel bad because I feel like when gross things happen, it's not us. I always put it on the bar back. Anytime in here when the bar back does something like that, we pitch in more on our tips. Yep. Always. Like, hey, man, here's an extra thing. But, yeah, grossest things I've seen have been people puking on themselves. I've watched a lot of people puke on the bar. Usually what we do after that is, like, just for the customer, really, because it's kind of fun. After we clean it, we'll pour 151 on the bar and light it on fire. Just for pure? That's awesome. That's really cool. Even though that we can sanitize it already and do whatever, but like, kind of people don't really see it being cleaned that way. So when they see there's a bit of a campfire in the bar, which is kind of a cool thing to look at for people who don't understand it, they're like, awesome, I can't believe they lit the bar on fire. There have been a few makeout situations that I've seen that are pretty nasty, especially when it's like, one, uh, hey kids, earmuffs. Um, Your playground, not ours. A girl just sucked a guy's dick in the bathroom, came out and made out with his friend. Um, or, guy just puked. Didn't say anything about it. Turned around and started making out the girl. I've seen that happen countless times. Jesus. Uh, what is your dream bar to work at, whether it already exists, or if you could open your own bar, what would you open? What's the dream for you? I had quite a few dreams there. One of them being like not a kitchen, right? Having a kitchen is a lot of work, and there's no praise for it ever. Um, like no one's ever tipping you because their food is good. You know, like you're really running around. Having food is really important. Uh, I've had an idea. I've had like as far as like, a dream goes. Like you make relationships in the neighborhood with bars that you like, or excuse me, restaurants that you like, and you pick, you go to them and you say, hey, listen, what are the items that you can sell at a discounted rate if you were to sell them a lot? It's kind of the idea of like, hey, I can sell you, you know, one thing, or I can sell you a hundred things, but by a hundred, what would you price? So. I'd love to have a bat phone. Remember the bat phone? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes, Mr. President. Yeah. Uh, Commissioner Gorge was there. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what you do is you take five pre-approved menus and you be, you make a deal with these people and you say, hey, we've picked three items on each one of your menus. They're not going to conflict with that one. Like, I'm not doing nachos at five places, but I'm doing like something different at each place. When they call from that phone, they get a discount, right? And they call and they put their name in. And so when the person comes in, delivery guy comes in, he comes right to the bar. And you put that on their tab. Like we basically pay 
for it yeah. and we put it on their tab and that way there's no because I'll tell you what I've seen it happen and I've been the, been the asshole once before where you go into a bar that doesn't have food and the delivery guy shows up he's like pizza who ordered pizza I'm like I did paid for nice mine you know or there's somebody walking around your place looking to like deliver and do a thing and they're bad at it you come in you do the thing we've taken care of you it's like an automatic gratuity that goes on and so what we can do is that. That would be like my kind of dream that way. And the other part would be, in addition to that bar, would be there'd be a live music venue in the back. That doesn't interfere with the front. So when your regulars come in, they don't like that band. Like maybe they're not into like, you know, death metal. Or they're not into like Enya. You know, like Enya cover band. Who in this world is not into Enya? I mean, listen. If you are someone who's not into Enya, you can go far, far away. If I had a dollar for every time someone begged me to play Enya in here, uh, I'd be a rich man. Love me some Enya because who can say where the road goes? Enya can say where the road goes, right? Enya can tell you. Yeah. She can tell you a bunch of times. She can tell you a bunch of times. So we would do a buyback policy in in this bar. What that means is, so after your third drink, a buyback would be your fourth drink. And there's two rules to a buyback. Though. If you ask for a buyback, or you're an asshole, you never get one. And you never get one ever again. Um, so, for us, it's like, hey, this is on the house. Sometimes you'll be like, you really don't have to do that. I'm like, okay, cool. And I get that. But you can tell some people are really serious about that. Like, they don't want you to do that. They want to have the big bill. They want to cover it in front of their coworkers or their boss. And they want to say, I spent this much money at this place. You that one, of our, uh, one of our side questions. Yeah. I always ask what a buyback means to you. Okay. You know, what is a buyback? And what everyone says. Since I started asking this question, we haven't asked every episode. If you ask for it, you don't get it. Yeah. If you ask for it, you just... Well, it's a courtesy. So if, if, if I, like, you know, came to my house and I feed me, like, I wanted to feed you. But now I don't want to feed you anymore. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. Also, buybacks are not a thing outside of New York. So, so my old man's from Chicago. Um, he bartended in Boston as well. There are there is no discounts. There are no deals on drinks in, Ma- in Massachusetts at all. Um, it's it's perfectly clear in the writing of the law in Massachusetts. If you get somebody drunk, you're going to jail. That's it. To visibly get somebody, or if they are drunk, you need to stop it right away. Whereas here, it's like, if I'm not seeing you put keys around in your pocket or whatever, like, you're, not, you're driving. And we, like, get around that question pretty easily. Like, hey, man, what's next? Oh, you know, I'm going to drive over here. Cool. Right away, I know. I'm not going to be that dickhead. I mean, so the laws pertaining to alcohol are this. If somebody comes in, they're visibly drunk, and we give them more alcohol, we have now broken the law. Yep. Right? I'll tell you what, like, truthfully, like, there's been plenty of times where people have, like, you know, told me, hey, like, yeah, man, after this, I'm doing whatever. I put their keys up in the bar. I'm like, oh, awesome. And I just grab their keys. And I'm like, here's the story. They're mine now. Did, did you want to call the police? Or how did you want to do this? It's like, yeah, I'm not being an asshole. Your next two drinks are in the house. Come back tomorrow and get your keys. Do that. Do that for me, please. You know? Um, and you reward them to not make shitty, selfish decisions. You know, not to kill somebody, not to yeah, be an asshole. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people realize, as, as being a customer and never having worked in a restaurant, how much liability you're putting your bartender on. Yeah, because it's not the owner. It's not the bouncer. No, it's the, it's, Even it's, when a bouncer takes the, 
takes the ID, right, and says, yeah, looks good, and gives it. When the state liquor authority, the police show up, who served that person? You're done. They can grab the bouncer as well, but the bartender is absolutely, that's what gives the bartender the most control in a bar. So if the, if the manager or owner come over to you and say, hey, serve that person, you're like, no. Like, no, I need you to serve them. Like, fuck off. You, no, that's yeah. a definitely not going to happen. Right. And it's on me. Because yeah. you're liable. Yeah. Yeah, the owner's I get a little bit loose now. Yeah, they were a favorite bar, bar to go to. to. Um, change over the time. To me, a great bar is a great bartender. Right? So, like, if I like the bartender, I'll go to that bar. And I think most people in the bar industry follow the bartender. It's like each location can be whatever. And you kind of just, like, change what you're drinking to the place that you're in. So, over time, it's definitely changed a lot. Um, usually, it was like I had picked a neighborhood spot. And each spot I used to live in. Um, Rocky McBride's used to be a place called Remote Sports Bar. That was my favorite bar at the time because it was lived by Astoria Park. And as a Red Sox fan in New York, there was a Yankees. There was a guy who poured beer at Yankee Stadium at the away games. He'd come and work at the bar. And he was the first Yankees fan that like brought me in and was like, I only like watching baseball really with Red Sox fans because we hate each other for three hours. And then afterwards, we're like human beings. We talk shit to each other. So like that had its own little like fun for me. Um, but favorite bars, obviously the Donkey is my favorite bar to drink in, which is why I wanted to stay here. But um, I'm partial to an Irish pub. I'm a lot more partial to like, I'm a day drinker too. Like, uh, drinking at night's fun, and I'll get there if I, I can't keep track of time. But normally, I'm a day drinker, and I appreciate like the, I feel like the best drinkers drink during the day. They're not, there's not like the kid who's like crying in the corner of his girlfriend because he doesn't want to drink or whatever. Um, you get the guys who like get their mail sent to the bar, that kind of thing. It's like awesome. You know, or the, what I call like the uh, grandpa glasses. Like you'll get a guy who gets a beer and it's like a little stemware glass and he like gets some ice and he pours his beer slowly over it. That person has got more stories and... It's just there's more value in that kind of stuff to me than it is like. Are you like bartending day better too? Like if you like opening the bar and like getting that kind of those kind of customers in as well. For about nine, ten years, I was a day bartender here, and I ran Monday through Friday, and very successfully. That often rang more during the day than we did at night because we get a lot of iron workers, we get a lot of guys who are our drinkers, and people who are like on their lunch break who just finished their day and like they want a few drinks just to like survive the ride home on the subway also you can like you can you can go home say six or seven o'clock hammered right eat a bunch of food sleep all night through wake up even early hungover go back to sleep wake back up that's not even that though to me it's the caliber of drinkers around me usually the more experienced drinkers are retired so they drink during the daytime they gotta be home for dinner or whatever it is the wife or the situation they found themselves daytime people um, but I am 100% daytime after we're like hey what are you doing tonight I'm like tonight what grow up let's go even last night like I was over at uh, Madame Marie's great love Madame Marie's and by the way any bar that gives you a free hot dog with a drink is my favorite place. Thank God for Rudy. I went, I went uh, about two or three weeks ago and so disappointed. So 
my favorite bar in Williamsburg? I have two. There's the Richardson, which is a great cocktail bar. And they're a great cocktail bar to me because they, they're, they're constant mixologists. However, they're not assholes. There's no, nothing pretentious about them. In fact, the owners have done a great job of even saying, I watched a guy get fired on his shift for scoffing at someone's decision on the cocktail. And they fired him in such a classy way. He walked over and said, hey, can I talk to you real quick? Cool, I just need to have this conversation. Let's just grab your stuff. I walked outside, and then they just let him go. And I was like, holy shit. Nobody saw that happening because I can't stop. I'm kind of like nosy. And I'm always watching the bar. And I always want to be seeing what's going on. I watched the whole thing happen. I thought, oh my god, this is awesome. They're consummate mixologists. These guys are phenomenal. There's not a cocktail you could throw at anyone that works there who doesn't know what it is. Great. Other than that, the Charleston. It's on Bedford Avenue. Still get a free pizza. That place has been around before any free pizza spot you've ever been to. The Charleston. It's on Bedford Avenue. It used to be a lot cooler. It used to be a gentleman's bar back in the day. In fact, they used to have old photos of like all the guys in their like white, in their whites, their black tops. And their apron on. Um, they have ski, they have ski ball. Yeah, in Williamsburg. Yeah. On Bedford Avenue. So, like, um, free pizza with everything. It's like a dollar a topping, but, like, we would add a dollar. They also have, like, really like good beer and shop specials. And for me, it was like, my friends were always wanting to go out to my birthday. Let's spend a bunch of money on me. I'm an asshole. Everyone's going to eat things they don't want. But me, uh, I convinced my friends to grow up. And start saying, let's go to Charleston for your birthday. So we're going to fucking hammer for cheap. We're all play ski ball and we'll get pizza. Tons of pizza. 25 bucks. You and your friends just got two drinks. Because every drink gives you a ticket. So they wouldn't give you eight tickets, they'll give you four as like a deal. Like, really? I could get four personal pieces for 25 bucks. Who can get more than, you know, like, think about that. Anyways, four more highlights. Let's just say they charge four bucks for them, right? That's $16. Also, four shots. They called it the Low Life Special. And I was like, that's awesome. They had, like, Irish Feast, which is, like, 35 bucks, which was four Guinness and four shots of Jameson or whatever. And I'd be... I'd be very surprised if they ever poured anything that wasn't well whiskey for it all. I don't give a shit at that point. I just got, and it's not, they're not frozen pizzas. There's a guy back there, like, making fucking pizza. And it's New York pizza. It's not like some crappy, you know, whatever. What's your favorite drink to have? Yeah. Or to me. Or to me. Your choice. All right. So, easiest answer is I'm a beer dork. I know more about beer than the average Joe. And it's not that, like, who cares about that, right? Beer snob and beer dork are very different. I like all beer. So, you can drink Miller Light and I'll reach for anything. absolutely love the science can beer. So, beer is always going to be like my first go to. Um, I'm predominantly a whiskey lover. I told you. Although over the years, I used to have these like New Year's resolutions where I would always be finding a new spirit that I don't normally like. Favorite cocktail. I used to be really freaked out by like egg whites in cocktails um, until I had had one before I knew there was an egg white in it. 
Um, I went to a place called Maison Premier in Williamsburg, also on Bedford. They have excellent, excellent cocktail guys in there. Um, and I saw this guy make a drink called a rattlesnake, which is a whiskey-based drink, egg whites, citrus, and sugar. They shake the shit out of it, make it really foamy. Um, it's like a really simple drink that I like. I don't really love making a bartender do a ton. Um, because the way I always look at it is like, as a bartender, like I could open a bottle of Budweiser right now that I'm gonna do for a dollar. I make that same cocktail, I'll get one dollar. It takes me legitimately three minutes of like quick moving. That's it. Sound like a long time? Three minutes bartending is a long time. You know, like triple strain something and do this thing and whatever else. It's like what? You know, like a Ramos Gin Fizz takes 18 minutes to make. You ask somebody to make that, you're an asshole. You come in and be like, but I like it. And you're like, but what are you going to tip them? You know? um, I can walk into a bar, get a beer, and like, oh shit, I gotta go. I'm still going to give five bucks. I'm still going to do something. Uh, but then again, I'm a bartender. You know, like, yeah, everybody that is not a bartender always thinks I'm ridiculous. You know, we're like, we'll get a tap, 40 bucks, I'll leave 80. Like, everyone's going to treat you like shit. I'll just make up for it. I don't know why I feel like I need to give all of my money back. But there's, we always call in the business. Yeah, it's always a floating 40, they say, like in the business. So you go around, all right, you're, you're a bartender, you're going to get 40 bucks, no matter what. 40 dollars, take that. No matter what I do here, and when you, you're going to come see me, you're going to bring that 40 dollars. I would say a bunch of whiskey in a glass. But I really like uh, when you substitute bourbon cocktails with rye, because I really love rye. I like spicier whiskey. Um, not like spicy, like... Uh, like like um, like heat spice, but like uh, so rye has a different like, spice note to it, kind of like a peppery note. Uh, so if you're gonna make an old fashioned, oh, bourbon's already sweet. I prefer, to be honest with you, I prefer like Manhattan's and things like that. But I also prefer them to not be in martini glasses. So he's like a double old fashioned glass. There's a company called Stolzel. They invented this glass called the Double Old Fashioned Glass. It's, uh, you've seen it before, you probably didn't know what it was called. But um, to me, that's the, my favorite cocktail glass. So give me anything in there. I always, I'm pretty klutzy, so I don't like to knock things over. I, and I, I talk with my hands as if I'm like real European or something like that. Um, and I've been known to knock over wine glasses plenty of times and break them. So if it's delicate, I don't want to use it. don't want to carry it. That's why we use these shot glasses, because people slam them down, and people drop them. And these ones don't break as often as the other ones that we purchased throughout the year. Barrel? Barrel. 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 Well, let's let, uh, let's let Patty take this one. All right. Patty, take it away. All right, back to one-ounce shots. <laughs> you've changed. Yeah, you've changed. Yeah. You've changed. Yeah. 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 Come on, man. Delete this whole interview. What's, uh, what's the bar rule you have? Bar, bar rule is actually my father's rule. He learned it from his father. Uh, bar rule is this. He said you could be either be loud or you could be obnoxious. When you're both, he goes, slam his hand down and go, you gotta get the fuck out of here. Because he always want to like, show his dominance right away. When people are already being both of those things. Like, you can be loud. Not a lot of things. Hey man, what the fuck? Why are you excited about something? Or you can be obnoxious. Obnoxious can be at any level. When you're both of those things, you gotta fucking go. And when I was a kid, my dad heard my dad telling those people when he ever had to tell somebody because they were being that. And he'd always, like I said, slam his fucking hand down. 
And he went from being like the nice guy to like, that guy could hit me with that? Holy shit. You know, and I'm bigger than my dad. My dad's taller than me. My dad grew up as a hockey player and a boxer. So he's got this like, you look him in the eye and you're like, nope. This is the oldest of nine kids. Lived in Chicago. Like, nope. I grew up in a poor Irish household. Nope. Oh, we're talking you, like Shandler, Shandler. Dude, yes. You do not. Well, north side, but not south side. Um, but my dad's a very fair person. He always gives somebody a, an opportunity to not fuck up. So that was his thing. So you are being a dick? He's like, maybe they don't know the rule yet. So you tell them the rule. Slam the hammer down. And be like, and it goes nine times out of ten. Never fucking happen again. But if it did, I knew there was no more conversation to be had. It was going to be as fast as possible. That's how you move. So that would be my rule. Alright, guys. Uh, that's it, you know? So make sure if you're ever in Queens to check out the Mad Donkey. Their wings are fire. Uh, hopefully Patty will be there. He's a blast to hang out with. And order a... Uh, did we have oh, a Manhattan or an Old Fashioned? Old Fashioned. It was an Old Fashioned? Yeah. Oh, boy. That was a day. <laughs> order an Old Fashioned in a special glass that I don't remember the name of, but it's in the episode, so hopefully you were listening. <laughs> good. 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 <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the buyback, follow us on Twitter at The Buyback on Instagram at The Buyback Podcast, or email us at thebuybackpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. And if you are a bartender or know a bartender who should be on the podcast, let us know. Please like and subscribe. And I think that if you write a review, it will actually help boost us as well. So anything you can do uh, to support us would be awesome. Tell your friends. Remember to be nice and tip your bartenders well, and we'll see you next time.